Hello and welcome to For the Love of Self podcast. This is your host, Heather Graham Murphy. Thank you so much for being here today. I am always excited to come on and record an episode for you guys. This is going to be short and sweet today. Today I'm going to be sharing three tips with you about how you can get started with healing your anxiety this week. Three action steps that will minimize your anxiety so that you can begin to experience that calmer sense of beingness, right? But also so that we can expand our window of tolerance. You know, I have struggled with anxiety since I was about nine years old, maybe even younger. And I wish that I had had some more knowledge about this. And over the years, I have worked continuously to expand this window of tolerance and to continually do the work so that my anxiety doesn't rule my life, that it's just sort of this element of my existence as a human being in this body. And I have learned to embrace and have compassion for my anxiety. I understand that it's just some wiring that is a part of my human experience. And I've really come to terms with that. And so when it comes, when it comes up, as actually um, my anxiety has definitely increased lately because I am currently a student and I'm working on some prerequisites to apply for grad school. And it is intense, you know, doing a lot of research methods and a lot of scientific work. And I love it and I hate it. (laughs) Just being in school, I'm sure many of you can relate, just having that amount of like cognitive work to do can be a lot. So long story short, I have been really leaning even more into my window of tolerance, just expanding it, knowing that it's totally safe to experience anxiety and that oftentimes it passes quite quickly. So these are just going to be three quick little jumping off points for you. If you're new here and you're wanting to find some tools or some things that you can begin doing to decrease your anxiety as well as expand your window of tolerance, then I got you. So, okay. So tip number one is to consider quitting coffee. And I know that if you're a mom, you're saying, yeah, (laughs) not going to happen. I know we covet our coffee. It is so good. And I actually feel kind of hypocritical because at this very moment, it's five in the morning and I'm drinking a cup of coffee. But actually, I had this is my this is one of my first cups of coffee in a very long time. I'm currently three weeks out from the end of my semester. And yesterday I got four hours of sleep and I said, I think this is just going to be a coffee time in my life. And boy, am I feeling the negative side effects of it, but it's fueling me at this moment. So, um, yeah, you know, I think coffee gets mixed reviews, right? I think that it's, it's pretty addicting. Um, it dehydrates us and (laughs) there's just, There's just like a lot of stimulation happening. And so, you know, I think that I'm not a scientist and I haven't delved into the actual literature on coffee at all, 
but I just wanted to offer it as a suggestion because I have quit coffee several times. And like I said, um, yesterday was the first time I actually had a cup of coffee in several, several months. Um, maybe even, I don't know, five months or, or so and actually longer. Yeah, it was definitely in the fall. It just totally makes me feel so different. I have to say that when I initially quit, I went through that really foggy period. I felt like calmer in my body, but my brain was still not firing as well in the morning. I got past that and, you know, and also taking some supplements. I use Alpha Brain from Onnit. And that really, that really helps to just get my brain firing in the morning, especially considering how much cognitive work I'm doing. And so, you know, some of us have various, you know, thing lifestyles that make us have to use our brain in such a like intense way, I guess. And um, so it's kind of just like your tolerance for, you know, maybe I'll just cut back to like a half a cup instead of drinking five cups a day. So just play with it and consider it. If you haven't actually gone through the process of eliminating coffee from your, from your diet, from your intake, it is like the calmest, serene feeling in your body. I feel like, you know, there's this exciting stimulation when you get that cup of coffee in the morning and it's just like, you know, (laughs) to your cells and all this firing is going on in your nervous system and in your central nervous system. And it's very difficult to deal with that in your body when your brain is also battling a lot of thoughts and worries and (laughs) stresses. You know, I think when we train our bodies to be calm, our brain knows that we're safe and that we're calm and we don't need to you know, those thoughts sort of begin to calm down that exacerbate our anxiety. So just some food for thought, consider it or reduce or consider reducing your coffee intake. Tip number two is to minimize your schedule. This one has always been a big challenge for me. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm one of those overly ambitious people (laughs) that wants to do a lot of things and I say yes to too many things and I've been really trying to work on that. Tip number two is really about minimizing your schedule. I think that if you're a mom, maybe you feel really obligated to have your child signed up for a lot of activities after school, which is so good for them. And at the same time, how is this depleting you and draining you? What kind of pressures are you putting on yourself to, you know, do what you think you should be doing? I think that in this day and age, we feel this need to like keep our children stimulated all the time and keep them really busy, which can be so great, especially as children get older. I think when I think about teenagers, 
I think it's really important to keep them busy with positive activities because then they don't get bored and engage with unhealthy behaviors that they might, you know, they might start hanging out with the wrong people. So keeping them, you know, involved in sports is so great. But with our younger children, you know, I think that we don't need to keep them as busy as we think we do. I think letting them have open space in their schedules to just be bored and explore is okay. I don't know how old you are, but I'm definitely somebody that grew up without an iPad. We didn't get a computer until I was 12, which is still pretty good, you know. Um, I'm an older millennial, so (laughs) we got a computer and... You know, before that, I was a little kid without, we didn't have electronics and, you know, obviously we had TV and whatnot, but I was outside a lot and I think a lot, there is a big movement to kind of give our kids a boring childhood and I think it's great. And so anyway, I think about our own schedules of like minimizing whatever is going on with our kids. My daughter often will be like, I am bored and I'm like, that's a good thing. You know, I'm trying to teach her that boredom can be a path to creativity and exploration. And that's really exciting to think about what's on the other side of that boredom. And so that's the same thing for our us as adults. You know, I think that we are not supposed to be doing as much action taking as we think we should. There's so many parts of the day that involve survival, I think, especially for us moms. And when I say survival, I don't mean like very, very, I don't mean like the very, very basic needs. I just mean like folding the laundry and all the tasks and the mental load and da, 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 da. Um, You know, really starting to think about what is mentally on your plate right now and maybe making a list of what those are and then also making a list of what you are physical physically doing and start looking at ways that you can you know either delete or defer or decide what you want to do more of Um, I think about you know with activity schedules maybe someone else can be in charge of that in your household um, either your partner or an older child But also just thinking about what do you have on your schedule? Are you signed up for all these activities for school? Or are you signing up for more stuff at work? Or are you putting pressure on yourself? Like if you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're putting too much pressure on yourself around the household, especially when maybe there is some other dream that you have. Could you maybe just let things go a little bit so that you can spend some time on your self-care, your well-being, your mental health, maybe not feeling obligated to schedule as many social activities. How can you leave blank spots in your schedule so that you can be more energized, rest, be creative, whatever it is? For a long time, I, and I'm still kind of dealing with this because I'm a student again but for a long time like when I was in my 20s I would take like 20 units at a time and um I and I would and I worked at the same time and 
I was always like, I was like playing music and I just always had stuff. I was running from everything. I was like running on adrenaline all the time. And so if you find that you're that person, like maybe you're always running late or you're always behind on things, maybe you just have too much on your plate and you really have to sit with that and think about what do I really want to be doing with my time? Do I need more spaciousness in my schedule to allow me to be on time, to allow me to get the tasks done that I'm not getting done, my commitments, all of that, you know, we are supposed to be designing the life that we desire, right? And when we create more spaciousness in our schedule, we can do that. And of course, the last tip is nervous system regulation. This is the foundation of all the work that I do. And this is how we physiologically expand our window of tolerance. There is a wide variety of nervous system work that we can do out there. Some of the ones that I work with clients on are breath work, sound, and movement. And I incorporate all of those in in the work that I provide. And when we do this, we create a sense of calm in our body. We tap into that parasympathetic state where our, our brain and our body knows it's okay to relax. It's okay to be calm. There's no need to panic or worry. And so when we think about all the things that we have going on in our lives, really none of it is going to kill us. So for me, when I get really anxious about the homework that's piling up or, you know, one of the things that gives me the most anxiety is writing papers, even though I kind of have this love hate relationship with it because I love doing research. But when it comes time to actually putting it all together, I just, I freeze and I have to remind myself that this is not going to kill you. This is fun. And once I get started, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm having a blast. But it's just, there's these things I'm sure that you have, and maybe you can pinpoint one right now, that just what what is it in your life that you hit a wall with, you know, where you start procrastinating, right? Like, that's what I do. I'm like, oh, well, I could do the dishes. And I start doing all this other stuff. For our people who struggle with anxiety and depression, I mean, I remember way back in the day, I would struggle just to get out of bed to go to work and or school. And so if I had had these tools, I could have maybe accomplished what I desired to accomplish a lot sooner because I could have expanded that window of tolerance in my, in my body and in my brain. And so that's, that's what nervous system work does. And one of the big ones is just breathing. You know, I think breath is free and we can utilize it in a way that allows us to regulate our nervous system. There's a wide variety of breathwork and breathwork patterns that you can use to help your body release the hold that anxiety can have on your body. So just to recap, I am inviting you to try three of these tools or try one of them to begin seeing some shifts in your anxiety. Number one was to quit coffee or reduce your coffee consumption. 
really begin to tap into how does your body feel when you drink coffee? Think about all the stimulation that's happening and see how you can begin adjusting your tolerance for not drinking coffee and just cutting back so that you're not getting that zap and that zing feeling, the adrenaline that you experience, which is a whole podcast episode that we could do in itself, by the way, but I really need to sit down and do further research to fully have a grasp of how to explain, you know, what coffee does to us. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. But number two was to consider minimizing your schedule. How can you create more spaciousness in your schedule so that you're not running from one thing to the other, always feeling behind and just in that constant adrenaline state of go, 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 you know, how can you start eliminating things or taking things off of your plate, whether mentally or physically? It's not just about all the tasks that we do, especially us moms, but, um, and, and with the mental load, you know, I think this is being discussed more and more about all the things that, uh, that us moms have to think about. And this isn't just moms. This is all people to some degree or another, depending on your level of responsibility. I think even men have a, a mental load that us women don't fully understand sometimes. Um, it's just everybody's situation is different. Um, it's not related to gender or anything. It's just depending on like, what is your mental load? You know, what, what do you, that's a personal question. What is your mental load and what can you delegate, delete, or, um, or add, you know, there might be something that you're wanting to do more of. And this doesn't have to be every day. You might be looking at your schedule like myself, where I'm just like, well, I'm a student. I have these classes. Plus I have, you know, two hours of homework for every credit that I take on top of it. I'm, you know, a parent and da da da. Anyway, and so you might be looking at your schedule and just saying, I, there isn't any way for me to reduce this. This is just the chapter of my life. And that's one thing I tell myself with being in school is I'm like, it is a little bit more fast paced than I would prefer, but this is me moving towards a goal and I'm motivated and I have a wider window of tolerance too for more. Can you pick one day a week maybe where you create more of that spaciousness? For me, that's Fridays where I might record a podcast, but like one of my goals is to create a spaciousness so that I can go to the beach once a week or or something like that. Just get outside and like be in a creative space where I, I don't have anything I need to do. I can just kind of be in my own body and my own thoughts without all the go, go, go. Tip number three is to regulate your nervous system. Having a regular nervous system regulation practice can really create a healthy baseline, but also expand that window of tolerance and just overall help you feel calmer and get you through some of the the hard parts of life because the fact of the matter is no matter how much you manifest no matter how much money you have or how many objects or situations that you manifest there's still going to be challenges in life that's part of the process this is how we grow it's not just always going to be you know easy peasy there there are ways that we get to have ease and flow in our life but it's a constant adjustment I think about this idea in nature where, you know, when we think about the idea of balance, balance actually kind of means that you're, there's no movement. 
And therefore, I think there's no real growth. And so to me, it's just that there's never going to be a, a, a there. There's, you know, there's always this concept of like, okay, when I get finally get the job or when I get through school or when I da-da-da, when I have the money, then I can just relax and like then I'll feel this way. And yes, there that might be true that when you do have that thing that you will feel that way, but why not feel it now? And we can do that through regulating our nervous system and taking action on our lives to create and define how it's going to be and also understanding that with all of that we are sometimes climbing mountains and that is challenging rigorous work so um there's a dance right to go back to the balance analogy there's this dance with the universe that we're constantly moving around and shifting and making adjustments and that's normal there is no there life is a dance so continue to practice self-awareness and look at your life look at your coffee intake look at your schedule look at your nervous system work are you doing what you need to do to reduce your anxiety and not add to it i hope that this podcast has given you some food for thought today If there is someone out there that you think would benefit from this podcast, please consider sharing it or share it over on the Instagrams and tag me. Let me know what your takeaways were or what you're adjusting in your life to reduce your anxiety this week. All right, I'll catch you in the next one. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed sharing it with you. If you found this episode helpful in any way, I want to invite you to send it to someone who would benefit from it. Also, consider leaving a rate and review for the podcast as it really does help the podcast get to the top of the recommendations list so that even more people can get on the self-love train. Come follow me over on Instagram and TikTok at forthelove.of.self. That's at for the love of dot self. Shoot me a message and let me know what your favorite takeaways were. I love meeting new people and watching them grow. And thank you again so much for tuning in today as it really is an honor to be here with you. We'll catch you in the next one. Oh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe.